Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And for this episode, we are going to continue our examination of the Twelve Apostles. In Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 through 13, there is a portion of a beautiful messianic prophecy. It says, And I said unto them, If ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price thirty pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter, and a goodly price that I was prized out of them. And I took the thirty pieces of silver, and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. The betrayal of our Lord Jesus for the price of a servant who had been gored by an ox, at least according to Exodus chapter 21 and verse 32, was prophesied. Someone would betray the Savior. That brings us to the apostle whose very name has become synonymous with traitor, and that is Judas. What type of person would become the central figure in the betrayal of our Lord? The scriptures give us some insight into his character. In John chapter 12, verses 3 through 6, we find the following. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which would betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. While indicating a concern for the poor and the less fortunate, Judas was in fact a thief. We see this love of money manifested in a most horrific way. In Matthew 26, 14-16, we find the following. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver, and from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. So with malice aforethought, Judas waited for the right time to present itself to betray his Lord and Master. At the Last Supper, as Jesus and his apostles were gathered in the upper room, Jesus announced to them, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. That was Matthew 26, verse 21. What type of man would join his voice with the other apostles and say, Master, is it I? As Judas did in verse 25, having already made the agreement to do just that which the chief with, with the chief priests. Only one of a devious and sinister nature could do that. 
Later that same night, as the act of betrayal was being carried out, Judas identified the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane by saying, Master, Master, and kissing him. My heart aches to think of Jesus saying to this man, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with the kiss? In Matthew 27, verses 1 through 5, we are told, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, departed, and went and hanged himself. The question that is often asked is, was Judas forced to do what he did? No. He had the disposition to do it, but also the freedom of choice. It was not God choosing and manipulating this man to betray his son. Luke 22, verse 3, and John 13, verses 2 and 27, all indicate that Satan took advantage of this man's lack of character and influenced him to perform his heinous act. Yet even having done this infamous deed, Judas still could have been forgiven and been a stalwart follower of Jesus. Peter denied the Lord, but when confronted with the reality of his sin, he went out and wept bitterly, and his life from that point on was a life of service. Judas had the same opportunity, but he went out and hanged himself. Recent efforts have been made to portray Judas as a sympathetic character. He was not. He did what he did by choice. The best known of the original twelve apostles was Peter. Peter was a working man, a fisherman by trade. Along with his brother Andrew, he was in partnership with Zebedee and his sons, John and James. There was in Peter's personality a certain degree of impulsiveness. He occasionally spoke and acted without thoroughly thinking something through. We see this in Luke 22 and verse 33, where Peter told Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. John 18.10 informs us that as Jesus was being taken in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter drew his sword and cut off the right ear of the high priest's servant, Malchus. With Peter, we also see a certain depth of perception and the courage to act upon his convictions. It was Peter who answered the question of Jesus in John 6, Will ye also go away? With the marvelous statement recorded in verses 68 and 69, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. It was Peter who answered the Lord's question, But whom say ye that I am? In Matthew 16 and verse 15, with the words, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, in verse 16. It is important that we address Peter's denial. In Mark 14, verses 26 through 28, Jesus told his disciples that they would all be offended because of him and would scatter into the night. In verse 29, Peter said, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. 
Perhaps we could say that in the downward move to denial, the first step was overconfidence. Moving further on in Mark 14, we find in verses 30 and 31, And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me three times. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. It certainly indicates that Peter was the first to say, I will die before I deny thee. Thus we note how Peter spoke rashly without considering the cost of his words before he spoke them. Impulsiveness and overconfidence won out over clear thought and sound judgment. Step two had been taken. Mark 14 and verse 37 shows us step three. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? When Peter awoke to find himself confronted by men carrying swords and staves, and also being confronted by his own failure to stay awake with the Lord, Peter reacted violently. Many Christians react very strongly when confronted with their own failures. Step number four is found in Luke 22, verse 54. Then took they him and led him off and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. A person cannot follow afar off, for he tends to lose sight of the one he is following. In verses 55 through 61 of Luke 22, just as the Lord had said, Peter denied him three times. Verses 60 and 61 give us the heart-rending details of that final denial. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. However, Luke 22, verse 62 tells us, And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I can sympathize with the tremendous guilt and overwhelming sorrow that Peter must have felt when Jesus turned and looked at him. And all that Jesus had said came flooding back into his mind. The simple look of the Son of God cut Peter to the heart. But instead of wallowing in self-pity or throwing his hands up in despair, this man acknowledged his sin and rose from it to become the Peter whose very name speaks of strength and conviction. He rose to a place of faithfulness in the eyes of God, to a place of stalwart service in the work of the Lord. Peter would later write words that illustrate a profound change in the attitude of this man. In 1 Peter 5, 6, he wrote, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Peter, perhaps the best known, of the Apostles.